Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned Ph.D. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Season 7, Episode 1 of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, and I tell you what, we have a very interesting topic that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about why we need to change the narrative on sexual misconduct. And I know that may sound a little heavy to everybody, but that's okay. It would not be Discover the Leader in You if we were not talking about heavy subject matter. So, that's just a little bit of a fair warning there, but we're going to really look at some powerful insights on a very sensitive topic. <clears throat> Excuse me, a topic that can be disturbing, disturbing in the sense that the daily recounting of stories by those who experience the pain, embarrassment, and fear of sexual misconduct has become far too frequent in the headlines. For this reason, it should no longer be ignored, and instead, we should really ask, how can we change the narrative so it does not happen any longer? Now, to help us bring a different perspective while seeking clarity, the founder and president of Accent Learning, Sarah Gibson, will be joining us live in the studio today. But before we bring her on, I just want to remind everyone that you can always tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen, and I'll be sure to include those in the show, and we'll make sure that we can make sure you are getting targeted in terms of what you would like to know. So make sure you tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen and I also want to remind everyone I am offering a free breakthrough strategy session if you go to jasoncarthen.com and just click the coaching tab take a look around there and you can apply for that breakthrough coaching session I'd love to help you reach your goals that's what it's all about and you'll be joining thousands of others who have accelerated their business through my I Speak Life Academy coaching program we'd love to have you one last thing hey the official Jason Carthen app is available on the iTunes store. You can download that. You can stay in contact, and you'll be able to uh, get daily tips, motivation, business, all those different things that you'll be able to keep right in your back pocket. So without further ado, everyone, I want to introduce to you Sarah Gibson, a very dynamic individual. In 2004, Sarah Gibson founded Accent Learning and Consulting, a firm focused on creating stronger, healthier, and more emotionally intelligent environments through professional development and communication skills. You know, Sarah's specialty is giving teams the tools and language that they need so they can create environments where a culture of trust and accountability can thrive. Among the many tools that Sarah provides, her book, Geezer, Punk, Whatever, has been used by individuals and organizations to navigate the impact of generational differences in the workplace. Sarah has worked with hundreds of organizations, leaders, and individual team members across a variety of industries throughout the world. She holds a master's degree from North Dakota State University. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Carthen. I'm excited to be here, even though the topic, as you mentioned, is a little bit of a heavy one. It's an important one. Yes. Yes, it is. And Sarah, I have to tell you, you know, we're just going to have a conversation today, everybody. And when I went uh, and reviewed an article that Sarah put on her blog, and she'll give you the address for that a little bit later on in the show, 
I was impacted. I thought, okay, you know what? She is demonstrating some courage here. And whenever you demonstrate courage, just everyone knows my heart <laughs> with certain things. When you demonstrate courage, be ready for the arrows, too, that are going to come along the way from the naysayers, those individuals that don't want to hear certain things that you're going to share. So, Sarah, I have to say, I, I just applaud you for the courage that you showed by posting something like that on your blog and then also starting a narrative on LinkedIn. That was Well, good stuff. thank you. And it is one of those pieces. You have mentioned the arrows, and there are so many strong opinions around this piece of sexual misconduct and also just how do we make really comfortable, safe environments for our employees. And nobody, nobody wants to be accusing other people. We just want to open a dialogue. And I think that... Even opening the dialogue is scary to people. Yes, yes. You know, it's so funny because when you start talking about opinions, everyone has one. And <laughs> they do. <laughs> it can be a challenge. And I, and I think that if we really, if we're very transparent with ourselves, even just for a moment, and say, you know what, it's okay to have differing opinions, but the reality is, do we have enough maturity to go, okay, I don't like your opinion, but I'm not going to smash you. I'm just going to say, okay, that's fine. And we just may agree to disagree on certain things. Does that Absolutely. Anytime go, you have ahead. anything political like that, it, it's something that people feel like, oh, I have to take like an end stance on this and I have to know my answer. And we don't want to be challenged on that kind of that end decision that we've made, but there's a lot of information in between that we're missing out on that we just don't hear and we need to hear. Right, right. And and when you talked about the safe environment, I think many of us, we sort of test the waters and we'll go, okay, um, can I really share? Am I going to be judged? Is someone going to yep. say something to me that's going to really offend me, reject me, hurt me? You know, and I, and I think, it, again, if we're mature and we understand going into those conversations with that, it really helps the narrative. It helps us to maybe be able to build bridges. I just put an article out, I think, yesterday on LinkedIn that dealt with the idea of building bridges. And one of the precursors to that, I said, hey, you know what? You have to suspend some of your beliefs, not let them go, but just suspend them. When the idea that, OK, for this period of time that we're communicating, then let it be a healthy, open conversation and suspend some of those beliefs. That, that's a good analogy on that front. Well, hey, so Sarah, I know we're going to run out of time and we're probably we may have to have you back. But one of the questions that I wanted to, you know, really put out there right out the gate. And again, this is tough. In your opinion, how have all the recent allegations of sexual misconduct changed the work environment? If it has at all, maybe I'm off beat here a little bit. <laughs> I, I think that we all want to be really optimistic that all of the allegations going on right now have changed the work environment. We're not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but I think that there's been a component where women have found their voice, and we saw um, times people of the year piece were the silence breakers, and they really applauded people who spoke up. And the Me Too moment has given some momentum to this, and one of the questions people have had is like, oh, is this just like a blip in business? Like people are concerned about this right now, but it's going to go away. And I, I'm optimistic that these recent allegations and, and women really finding their voice and coming together is changing the dialogue and the narrative. And there's momentum here that we've seen for several months, and that's exciting to me because I think it's that momentum that keeps going and the conversation that keeps going that changes 
how we talk about this in the workplace and changes our work environment. So we're at the beginning of this, and it's very exciting, but it's also a little scary. Like, will it go away? I hope not. Right, right. Well, you know what? I guess as I hear you explain that, and that's a great response, I'm hoping that it will not go away, but the need for it will go away. Because I love that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, Absolutely. Yeah, it is so disturbing sometimes. I mean, all these different things. I think we just had uh, another young lady come out. She was a member of the Olympic team just yesterday. Uh, I saw that on uh, in the Washington Post, I believe it was, and CNN. Sure. You know, it's just damaging uh, just the impact that it can have. So if things are going to change, I hope that is swift and I hope that it is longstanding, and so we we don't hear this as much anymore. I mean, I, I just think it's such a such a negative thing. And and along those lines, you know, what what sort of measures? You know, I mean, you you I know that you have this this background. You can really analyze and give us some statistical analysis. But what sort of measures should be in place to never let this sort of conduct happen again? Yeah, and I, I have lots of answers to that piece. And you you had mentioned the statistical piece and. Just circling back to that slightly, there's been a lot of studies, and if you just hop online and you do a Google search for harassment in the workplace and what are statistics around that, it's interesting because, and sad, interesting and sad, because one out of three women say that they have experienced workplace harassment, and this is from wow. a cosmopol- or Cosmopolitan magazine survey of 2,200 women. But what was interesting about that one out of three, only 29% said that they reported it and 71% didn't report it. So there's this sense in this culture of we're actually really nervous as women to bring up things like this. And, And if you look at gender history, you look at like the world of mad men back in the 1950s and 60s in the workplace environment. And then you look at the workplace today with the Me Too movement, we're in the middle of a really long transition. But again, we have some momentum around that. So yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on that front. Like we want this to go away quickly. And how do we do that? How do leaders do that um, specifically? So now right. I'll circle back to your first question. <laughs> no, no, you're um, good. Go ahead. Uh, how, that, how that all ties in. I think that leaders have a couple of roles. I think that they need to open the door to these conversations, um, and they need to ask some questions like, does our leadership reflect our diversity? That's kind of a beginning baseline piece to say, what don't we know because we don't have any representation at the table? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we also need to make sure that we know as a business what our values are and how our behavior aligns to those values. So what typically will happen is we'll have some competing values like return on investment and shareholder interest. And then we'll also have this value of people and integrity. And those are in a tension with one another. And sometimes we'll let go of one to achieve the other. And so we have to make sure that our values are really aligned and we're living all of those out. And um, additionally, I think that as a leader, you need to make sure that everybody speaks up and is heard. And when there is inappropriate behavior, you call it out. Um, I've been part of a lot of business cultures where I've seen things happen. And there have been leaders in the room who haven't spoken up. And you think, no, that's your job as a leader. If you want to align your values, Part of it is doing the hard job of speaking up when something doesn't align. 
Wow. So those are just a couple of quick things. There's always more. Oh my goodness! You said a couple of quick. That wasn't quick. I mean, you started <laughs> <laughs> you started talking about values. I mean that that will be a game changer for many organizations. I mean that will be a leap from maybe a, a closed organizational culture to a very open organizational culture because when you tell people that they have a voice, man, so many things can happen from from there and. The reality is many leaders feel threatened by that. They don't want to, you know, have an open sort of culture where people can voice their opinions or call people on the carpet, you know, if something happens. But I think to your point, you know, that is part of leadership. And I often tell people, I tell my coaching clients all the time or my audiences that the mantle of leadership is heavy. It's not meant to be light. I mean, you're out front for a reason. Now, the challenge is, to your point, if you're going to have that mantle on, then you're going to have to do something. And I've been in those cultures, too, playing in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen different things. <clears throat> and then also, just in business and the cultures that I go into, they bring me in to work on culture. And I've seen some different things where I go, hmm, okay, maybe that's a narrative that needs to be broached with the leader after this meeting because they, too, will let things slide. And that's... That's hard to stomach because it, it, it really turns into something else that becomes a very slippery slope at the end of the day. It, it does, and culture is so impacted by the leader and the role that the leader plays. And if the leader is not bearing that mantle, as you mentioned, that that mantle ends up being kind of displaced onto those underneath them who feel like they have no power in that process. Right. And so it, it becomes a crushing environment, and the culture will follow the leader. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Let me ask you, Sarah, if people want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Do you, are you on social media? Do you have a website? What What would you yeah, say? Yeah, absolutely. All of the above. So okay. uh, I have a couple of websites. The easiest one to remember is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-J, as in Joe, Sarah Joe Gibson. So it's sarahjgibson.com. Um, at Twitter, you can follow me at SJ Gibson Speaks. That's an easy way. Or you'll find me also on uh, Facebook through Sarah J. Gibson, any of those. Nice. Very good. Website one more time. SarahJGibson.com. Perfect. Good stuff, everybody. Hey, you guys, make sure you look up Sarah. Like I said, I, I had my first opportunity to meet her. It's been some years ago. Uh, and she was showing out. We were at a uh, <laughs> a DISC partnership training where we were becoming certified as authorized partners in DISC, and she was doing a fantastic job there. And, hey, if you want to learn, grow, if you want your team to grow, make sure you check Sarah out. I think that would be a good thing. Sarah, if they want to get your book, how can they uh, get that as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can just hop on Amazon and look up Geezer, Punk, whatever, and that will pop up. Or if you go out to my website, there's a spot where you can order it from there as well. Awesome. Good stuff, Sarah. So, Sarah, continuing this conversation on how and why we need to change the narrative on sexual misconduct, at the end of the day, do you think there's a brighter way forward, or do you feel like, wow, we're just going to keep clawing and fighting, there are going to be more allegations that surface, or do you really feel like there's hope? I do feel like there's hope. I do, and I, I am an optimist, but I feel like not only is my optimism there, but there are changes in culture that are happening that are just really encouraging. And so I, for me, the brighter way forward is really through an all-inclusive, respectful dialogue. 
And we're scared of the dialogue, but it's such an important one to have. And if we go in with a couple of things, we go in assuming that people want what's best for one another, we're going to have that dialogue happening. If we go in with some tools for having those respectful conversations, that will help us out. Um, one of the things that people get really nervous about around this topic is, as a man, I, I'm scared to have this conversation. And rightfully so, because there's a piece where you feel like, can I do anything right? What can I do better? I'm, I'm working hard, and yet I seem to fall short on this front. I think that even that honesty from our male counterparts in the workplace make us go, as women, make us say, wow, okay, this person's open to the conversation. And so we want to just keep that conversation going. And I think one of the ways that that happens is when we fall short, we treat each other with respect and we apologize, we forgive, we teach in the process, and then we move on. And I feel like people want to have the conversation so we can move on. And that's why I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's very good. That's very good. Now, you bring up a point here that we would be remiss if we didn't share it. Now, <clears throat> all men uh, are not <laughs> behaving badly. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> like all. This. Yeah, and that, but that's the thing, though, because when you see so many incidents, you know, I think people get gun shy. And to your point, even I, where normally, you know, I'll tell you, I'm a hugger. I'll go, hey, you know, but I, I'll hug a guy, too. Like, how you doing, man? <laughs> you know, yeah. but... But you start feeling like, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that. You start second guessing your your basic who you are, you know, your personality Absolutely. when you go to people. And so I'd like your feedback. If if you're in a situation like that, now we have to we have to look at both sides of this thing. And this is why yeah. I wanted you to share your opinion. So for those young ladies who maybe and i'm just throwing this out here they may overreact and say hey you know this guy you know he hugged me or that's wrong you know uh, how do you deal with those situations where do you find the balance or the happy medium you know for the individuals that may be being a little too sensitive and it's a situation where i think the whole culture gets a little jolt because they don't know how to respond to one another anymore it's terrifying. It's terrifying for everybody, right, <laughs> especially right. for men. And so, yeah, I've got this coworker, and she breaks down in tears because something is going on in her life, and I want to, I want to pat her on the arm, or I want to give her a hug because that's part of who I am. Right. Uh, I, I think that there's a couple of things. I think a very easy thing is to say, "Can I give you a hug?" You know, mm. and and to ask the question versus make the assumption, and then you've got that permission piece. And then if we are assuming best intent, I think, I think all of us know when somebody is purposefully trying to be um, in, in that, especially that misconduct front, like power hungry on this front, and, and you know that they're using it for evil, right. uh, we, we sense that piece of things. But if we assume best intent, and if something happens that makes us feel uncomfortable, we speak up it stays little and we just move on versus, oh, I'm going to hold this inside and not say something. And so that's the accountability piece and why that part becomes so important in bringing everyone into the dialogue because that accountability piece on both sides helps us go, okay, we are okay. I am genuinely who I am. You are who you are. And we value each other for what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really like that. I like that response. So in keeping with that, that same framework there. So we have talked about uh, 
the ladies who have experienced this, and it's it's horrible now. Yep. But we got to be fair. What about the men? I've seen the reporters begin to come out. What about the men? <laughs> that uh, yes. you know, I mean, these days. Women are experiencing so much success. They're becoming CEOs, C-suite executives. They have positions of power, multi-multi-millionaires. They're doing all these different things, and it has been far too long. It should have happened long ago. Uh, but the reality is now they're in a position of power, and we have men coming out saying, hey, wait a minute now. Uh, <laughs> the young ladies are saying some stuff to us that's inappropriate how do we deal with it? And so what sort of framework should we put in place for the men, too? Because it's happening. Yep. It is happening. And the statistics show about 10% of men report that they've experienced sexual harassment or misconduct in the workplace. And if you follow the lead of women where you know a huge percentage does not go reported, I would imagine there's a huge percentage of men who have not reported harassment in the workplace. Right. Um, so we know that it's happening. And I actually talked to a physician's assistant last night, and we were talking about this conversation, and, and he said, wow, I have seen women doctors step in and say things that they shouldn't say. It goes both ways. Right. And I agree. It goes both ways. So all the principles that we are applying and asking for from men, we need to ask for from women. So how would you treat and how would you want your husband treated or your son treated in the workplace? How would you want your father treated? Same question of men. How would you want your mom or your wife or your daughter treated in the workplace? And if we started from the basics of here is, here's the bare minimum of the respect that I would ask of you for my family, this is what I want to offer you in the workplace. I think that that bare level keeps that conversation going and gives us the groundwork. But same thing. We have to be just as accountable as women. And we have to be respectful that we didn't appreciate it. We need to not act in that way. Right, right. But you know what? It's so funny. I mean, your your response is excellent, but I got to push back just a teeny, Please. teeny bit. <laughs> Here's mm. the thing. Men have been, I don't know, how. I guess you would say groomed to be a certain way. And it's wrong. It, it's wrong. They've been groomed to, you know, be macho and tough and all these different things like that. And so when a woman does something like that, I think it smacks up against everything that they've been trained or, or taught to think like well if she's being inappropriate then okay how am i supposed to <laughs> how am i supposed to deal with that I'm, I'm supposed to be okay with that um when in reality it's not good and it creates a very toxic work environment so you know so how do you deal with these maybe and I, this may be heavy this may be heavy yes, Sarah. Let's do it. <laughs> but the reality is how do you deal with some of these intuitive tapes that these men have heard after all these years that yeah it should be okay if a woman approaches you and different things like that how do you deal with that yeah, so what you're mentioning is really this concept of socialization. What have we been socialized to think is the norm in yes. the workplace? And then we're, it goes into topics and conversations like, so if a woman dresses provocatively, right. does she deserve some of the behavior that she gets? Or if she doesn't dress in the professional manner that I think, is she really inviting something in this front? And it's a tricky one because there's always a balance again of right. as a woman I should be able to dress how I want however there's also a credibility factor so I have a tendency to wear a lot of pants suits because then I know that I am 
covered modestly in my way. And if there's a woman next to me who chooses to wear a dress suit with a skirt, it doesn't mean that she should have less credibility, but there's always kind of that socialization factor that we have to think of, of, oh, like we're just wired differently as men and women, first physically, but then there's also the socialization factor. So this is a really long, complex answer, but I think that there is a piece of we have to own our behaviors. That's the only thing that we can own. Right. We own ourselves. We're responsible for ourselves. Um, and then the culture piece comes into play as we continue to influence it through our own behavior. So that's a roundabout answer, but no, it's, no, that it's was not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And that was a very good answer. And the reason why is because again, if we're going to heighten awareness and this is discovered a leader in you, you know, people have to understand that this is, we all have growth edges and the more we mine topics and conversations, the, the more nuggets that we'll get out of them. And, the reality is, when I looked at the post on your uh, blog, I said, wow, okay, well, that's, I can see why people would go, that may be a little controversial, because what you just described, you know, no one, no matter what they wear, <laughs> deserves inappropriate advances. I don't care what you wear. Now, to your point, credibility can be hampered. <laughs> that can happen fairly quickly because we all have these ideas. We've been socialized a certain way and what, what you should wear, what you should do, all those different things. But it begs the question, if we're really going to change the narrative on sexual misconduct, everything has to be placed on the table. And one of those things would be dress. You know, at the end of the day, that mm -hmm. stuff should not even matter. So now, Sarah, we're running out of time. So one of the things that I want to ask you, you know, if there was one nugget uh, that you would like to share with our listening audience, we have thousands of people that tune in, download the podcast, all those different things. If there was one nugget that you would share with them that would help to change the narrative, what would that nugget be? Oh, that is that one magic piece in this this whole conversation. <laughs> um, I, that that is so hard. I think that the nugget that I would leave people with, though, and and the challenge I would leave them with is, we need voices, both men and women's voices, in this conversation. And I would encourage you to be that voice at your leadership table, at your tables with your families, with your um, communities. If, if we can have one person speak up in each of these areas, others will come to the table with us and have the conversation. So I just would really kind of champion and rally around folks being the voice, no matter how small that voice feels at first or how small the comment is initially people will follow and will say, I want to be part of that conversation. Wow. Sarah, that is good. Now, I'll put you on front street and you handled it like a pro. <laughs> that, yeah, that one was a loop. So thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I think to your point, it, it keeps going back to maturity and some tough conversations. Yeah. You, you hear me say that quite a bit. I mean, my studies, my research, my writings, a lot of it has the foundation and just understanding yourself first. You know, and that maturity piece is huge. And if you're willing to have that authentic conversation, amazing things can happen. But so many of us don't want to have that conversation and it gets into a very touchy area. And it's almost and I want to hear your last thoughts on this. It's almost like people would rather keep their head 
in the sand and go, well, you know, that's uncomfortable. I don't I don't really want to broach that. Someone else can do that. What do you think about when people do that? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that we all have been called to different areas and different passions. And for me, this is an area of passion where I think I want to champion men and women in the workplace. So it's easier for me to speak up in this front than it might be for somebody else who has a heart for social justice in the world of economic disparity. Um, But that doesn't mean that I have permission to step away from that conversation. It, It means that my voice maybe sounds different in that environment, but I still have an obligation for that. And... I, I think that it's kind of that leadership piece. Like if we if we shuck this part of our responsibility and we stick our head in the sand on this piece, it impacts the culture that we work in significantly. And we just don't have the capability to walk away from this conversation or any hard conversation in reality. Um, hard conversations are gifts to people and we don't do a good job of offering people that gift. And as a leader, if you can think of it as a gift instead of as, you know, a hard conversation, that makes the job a lot easier to bring up the conversation. All right. Well, I tell you what, you had some background music for that right there, Sarah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was that was nice. You you really hit it out the park with that one. So, everybody, I just want to say to you today that it has been my pleasure to have Sarah Gibson on the show. She is the president of Accent Consulting, and I tell you what, it's just amazing what she's doing out there, and we need to have more conversations like this. So at the end of the day, sir, I just want to say thank you for coming on and having this conversation with us today, and it's my belief that uh, the more conversations that take place, then we will be able to change the narrative, not only on sexual misconduct, but on several things as we continue to be leaders in our environments. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for being an ongoing voice on this front and for being a man and a leader of integrity, willing to have these hard conversations. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate that. All right, everybody. Hey, I want to just encourage you to stay connected with me. Make sure that you navigate to the website at jasoncarthen.com. You can download this. And then also, if you found this show helpful to you, make sure you leave a rating on iTunes. I would love to be able to see some of your comments. Just want to remind everybody that the I Speak Life Academy at ispeaklifeacademy.com is going to be launching very soon here so make sure you navigate there so you can get your updates and also want to remind everybody that if you want to stay connected with me as a very simple way to do that just text the letters i speak life no spaces to 444-999 and you will get a immediate response from me and you will also be connected with me going forward just want to thank everybody once again for tuning in and you guys make sure that you're living your life on purpose on a daily basis. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash jasoncarthenenterprises. 
Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. 